Good evening, everyone. I will call the February 1st Design Review Committee for the City of Orange meeting to order. Before we get started with business, we usually begin with a pledge. Um, so all of those able, please stand and salute our flag. Ready, begin. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States. Thank you. Um, if staff could call roll, please. Committee member Farfan. Here. Committee member Fox. Here. Committee member Skorpanich. Here. Vice Chair McDermott. Here. Chair Imboden. Here, thank you. Before we get started with our agendized business, we always give the public the opportunity to address this body on off item, off agenda items. Um, is anyone in the audience here for that reason? No? Okay. Um, business as usual, speaker cards are um, out at the um, entrance. If anyone wishes to speak, please fill out a speaker card, and when your turn comes, we will call you to come up to the podium for and allow you three minutes to provide comment. Uh, first order of business is consent calendar. We have a approval of minutes from the Wednesday, December 21st meeting. I'll look to the committee for a uh, motion. Chair, I move to approve the minutes as submitted. Okay, we have a motion to approve as submitted. I'll second. With a second. Please vote. Those are unanimously approved. Move on to new items. Design review item number 5067-22, the Malloy residence at 159 North Schaefer Street. If we could start with the staff report, please. I should also note that we received a late item that was emailed individually to us, but also presented at, uh, given at the dais tonight. So go ahead when you're ready. Thank you. Good afternoon, Chair Bowden and members of the Design Review Committee. Staff is seeking final determination for a project located at 159 North Schaefer Street. The major proponent components of this project include demolition of an existing non-contributing 465 square foot detached garage at the front of the property and trellis, construction of a 400 square foot detached garage with an attached 108 square foot workshop, restroom, and storage closet with an exterior shower head in the rear of the garage with a total of 508 square feet with a two foot overhang and closed eaves. The garage currently has a 42 foot setback from the property line, but the proposed garage has a 30 foot setback. The proposed garage will have a low pitched front facing gable roof horizontal wood siding with a five inch exposure, closed eaves and wood door. Also um, proposing is a single iron gate at the side yard entrance to match the existing iron double door gate and proposed brick paving at the rear of the garage. The existing site is developed with a two story, 4,380 square foot single family residence originally built circa 1930. 
The property is a non-contributor to the historic district because of extensive alterations and additions to the building over time that have reclassified the architectural style of the building as contemporary. The main residence is not part of the scope of this project and is set back approximately 100 feet from the front property line. The existing non-contributing detached flat roof um, garage is located in the front of the property. The configuration for the project site where the garage is detached and positioned towards the front of the site is unusual for the historic district. Historic aerials indicate it was built between 1955 and 1991, which is outside the period of significance for the Old Town Historic District. This morning, staff was able to locate a permit for the garage dating back to 1976. The current FAR of the subject property is 0.56. Given the relatively small, similar size of the existing and proposed replacement garage, the proposed FAR will remain 0.56. Staff did not require an FAR analysis of the entire block since the project will not result in a change in the FAR. The property is located on the east side of the 100 block of North Schaefer Street. The neighborhood is zoned R16 and is surrounded by, primarily by single-family residences that are contributors to the historic district and two other non-contributing buildings on the east side of North Schaefer Street. The adjacent property to the north has a detached garage that is set back approximately 30 feet with the primary residence set further back from the street. The detached garage at the south adjacent property is also positioned towards the front of the lot and has a similar site placement as the subject garage with a garage that is set back approximately 45 feet. Both properties have garages with a front facing gabled roof with a shallower front yard setback than their primary residence. The two properties along with the subject property are also atypical and don't follow the traditional streetscape pattern of the historic district. The subject property came before the Design Review Committee and Planning Commission in 2016 when the property owner proposed a second story addition to the primary residence and to convert the existing flat roof garage to a gable roof. The DRC supported the second story addition but expressed concerns about the gable roof on the garage, particularly given its forward position on the lot and existing unassuming character. The DRC recommended project approval to the Planning Commission with the added condition that the roof pitch on the garage remain as is. The Planning Commission approved the project with support of the gable roof because they believed the gable roof would help the garage blend in better with the neighborhood. In 2019, the property owner proposed to demolish the existing garage and construct the new two-car garage with a steeply pitched front-facing gable roof. The committee continued the project and directed the applicant to redesign the garage with a low-profile roof pitch further set back from the street. That application expired in 2021. On to the issues. Issue number one is the roof form. The existing detached garage has a flat roof. The applicant proposes a low-pitched front-facing gable roof. According to the infill construction section of the Historic Preservation Design Standards, the height and roof form of a new building should be comparable to the surrounding historic buildings. And roofing material and details should be similar to those found on historic properties. The proposed roof line is comparable to similar garages that are adjacent to the subject property. The low-pitched roof does not detract from the existing residence or streetscape. In addition, since the existing property has multiple steep-pitched gable roofs, the low-pitched roof of the garage does not compete or overpower the existing property's roof forms. It also does not create a false sense of history by mimicking the existing roof line. Staff believes that the new proposed roof form is more appropriate for the historic district and the subject property than the um, existing flat roof and complies with the design standards. 
Issue number two is the location of the garage. According to the Historic Preservation Design Standards, the location of new primary and secondary structures on a lot should be consistent with the historic pattern of front and side yard setbacks. The front setback location of the garages at the subject property and adjacent properties on North Schaefer Street are anomalies in the historic district, and the prevailing pattern has been as such for an extended period of time. Due to the unusual configuration of buildings on the parcel and the location of the primary residence at the back of the lot, staff understands that the subject property's parking area cannot be located at the rear of the site to repair the prevailing pattern of the garages and accessory structures in the historic district. Therefore, staff is analyzing the consistency of the proposed garage in relation to the adjacent properties with similar garage configurations. The detached garage currently has a 42-foot setback, but the applicant is proposing a 30-foot setback. Staff is concerned that placing the garage at, at a shallower setback will further accentuate this anomaly and impact the prevailing historic streetscape of Old Town. Staff does not support the proposed location of the garage and seeks guidance from the committee on the location of the garage. The Secretary of Interior's standards and guidelines not only applies to historic buildings, but also a wide variety of historic resources, including historic districts. Although the property is not a contributor to the historic district, the Secretary of Interior standards for rehabilitation apply to how the proposed project will impact the setting of the historic district. Staff has consulted both the Secretary of Interior standards and guidelines for appropriateness. According to the guidelines for rehabilitation, it is recommended to design adjacent new construction that are compatible with the historic character of the setting that preserve historic relationships between the building and the landscape. It is not recommended to um, introduce new construction into the historic district, which is visually incompatible or destroys historic relationships within the setting or which damages or destroys important landscape features. Furthermore, the Secretary of Interior Standards recommend that the location of the new construction should be considered carefully to follow the setback of historic buildings and to avoid blocking primary elevations of historic properties and to protect the historic setting and context of a property, including building density and open space. The mass, size, scale, and architectural features of new construction must be compatible and subordinate to the historic buildings. Orange's Historic Preservation Design Standards also adopts these guidelines in the chapter standards for new construction related to historic buildings. We understand that due to the position of the existing um, primary residence, the historic spatial relationship that is prevalent in Old Town Orange between buildings and landscape features cannot be recreated. The garage cannot be located to be uh, cannot be modified to be located in the rear, uh, which is the prevailing pattern. Uh, the final issue is the exterior showerhead and toilet. The pro project proposes to include a workshop restroom at the rear of the two-car garage with an interior toilet and sink with an exterior showerhead. The showerhead will be wall a wall-mounted feature on the south elevation of the proposed garage to accommodate family and children outdoor activities and to minimize transfer of dirt and debris into the primary residence. The Orange Municipal Code Section 17.14.160 states that non-habitable accessory structures, such as a workshop or a garage, may contain a utility sink, washer and dryer, and or water heater, or other accessory, accessory plumbing facilities deemed similar by the Community Development Director. In such cases, residential garages must remain available for parking. 
The workshop restroom and exterior showerhead will not impact the ability to park in the garage. Upon review of the exterior showerhead and toilet, the community development director has deemed the plumbing features as appropriate and similar. Staff supports the workshop restroom with exterior showerhead. The new detached garage will be compatible with the historic character of the neighborhood in its design, mass, size, scale, and architectural features. In addition, the position of the garage near the south property line avoids extensively blocking the primary elevation. However, since the front setback position of the garage is a pre-existing anomaly, placing the garage closer to the front setback may further impact the historic relationship of accessory structures to the setting and primary structures in the historic district as a whole, which are not recommended actions as stated earlier. Staff believes that the design mass scale, low pitched front facing gable roof and materials are appropriate and in conformity with the historic preservation design standards. Overall, staff supports the project concept and design approach, but is not in support of the proposed location of the garage and is seeking the RC direction. The findings in this report can only be made if the detached garage does not move forward on the site or if the committee determines that the proposed condition is acceptable or suggests an alternative location somewhere between where the detached garage's current location is and proposed location may be. Staff believes that if the detached garage is not moved forward on the site, it will be in conformance with the recommended action by the Secretary of Interior Standards and Guidelines for Rehabilitation. Should the DRC concur with staff, condition number one has been included to enable the DRC approval at the existing setback. Thank you very much. Thank you. That was very thorough. Um, the applicant, uh, Mr. Ely, are you speaking on the project this evening? And would you like to speak? Okay. Go ahead and come forward and... Um, Give as much or as little presentation as you'd like. Go right ahead when you're ready. First of all, I wanted to thank uh, Ani for her thorough report and her diligence on this project. Um, also to Anna for uh, the times that we've met on this project. Um, first of all, the reasons for the project. Um, and Ani, can, can you go to the site plan? It might be best to just, you know, for me to lead you through all the things that are proposed as a part of this project. Um, so if we look at the existing demolition site plan, that's the plan up at the top, um, there is an existing trellis structure that is in front of the garage, and that's, 30, that's approximately 33 feet set back from the property line, and the existing garage is uh, 42 feet. Um, there are two very large existing um, specimen trees in the front yard, and they take a large portion of the space up to where the, the applicant would like to um, 
have more outdoor patio space and the existing garage is not functional for their two uh, vehicles. It is um, uh, approximately 17 feet in, in width um, and they can't fit their two large uh, vehicles in there. Uh, so they need additional width. There's also conflicts with that existing garage and the one-car garage structure that is on the adjacent property. Um, they're almost physically abutting. They're just slightly apart by a few inches. Um, the um, roof leaks. I, I believe it was originally a carport. It wasn't uh, initially constructed as a garage and it got filled in as a garage later. The exact dates we don't really know, but I think uh, Ani has it in her staff report of uh, approximate date of construction. So um, the uh, owners would like to um, reconstruct the garage so that they can fit their two vehicles in, in the structure. And previously in, I think it was 2016, there was um, an addition to the house that included uh, a garage proposal as part of it. And Ani mentioned that. And uh, that was approved by Planning Commission with a gable roof. I'm not sure exactly where that was uh, in terms of the uh, siting on the property, the location. But it, it did not get built and in 2019, there was another proposal that had a garage, I think it was 27 feet set back. And a, in fact, some of you on the design review committee might have been a part of that. You, committee member all, all Fox, of all of you? Okay. Well, not all of us, but I know many of us saw all those Okay, so it's kind of, kind of good to kind of be back and look at the history on this. <laughs> so, um, and that particular project was proposing a 10 foot high plate height and a, a six and 12 pitch and a, and, and a garage structure that was a, a, a bit more massive than what we are currently proposing. So now in terms of the actual design, that's the lower uh, site plan on your screen. Um, we are proposing to match the setback of the adjoining property to the north. There is a garage that's 30 foot set back there. Um, and the garages that the garage that we're proposing is 20 by 20 inside uh, clear, uh, just enough for them to get their two cars in. Um, and I'll talk about the storage room and the shop restroom in a minute, but since we're on the site plan, the distance between the um, south portion of the house and the proposed garage structure is now 42 and a half feet. It's currently 32, um, 32 feet. And they would like to increase that area so that they can end up um, creating a barbecue area, some tables and a location for tables and chairs, and some lounge type seating. The um, actual design, uh, if you go to the next sheet, uh, the, I'll go, go back. 
uh, let's look at the floor plan. So um, originally the owner wanted uh, a steeper pitch roof so that they could get some extra additional storage above the, the framing. But with this lower pitch, we're, we're uh, proposing a eight foot plate height and a three and 12 pitch, just trying to keep this as small and intimate as possible. Um, yeah, we're uh, providing a storage room that's uh, just under 50 square feet, <clears throat> excuse me, and then a workshop restroom that will not only support the garage, but the, the backyard patio. Uh, Ani, next sheet. Thank you. Okay, so the, the garage itself, uh, low pitch, 3 and 12, um, 5 inch horizontal siding. The uh, existing siding on the house is um, it's 10 inch, um, but it's got an overlap to it, so it appears like it's like 8.5. So the, um, the spacing on the siding is not matching the, the house. We have trim on the corners. And uh, uh, oh, one thing I did not mention on the site plan is that uh, we're setting the, the garage off the property three feet so that we can get some landscaping in there. So as you're driving north on Schaefer Street, right, right now the garage is right on the property line. By, by shifting it up, um, it's, it's the next, it's the site plan below that. Yeah, right in there. Uh, we have three feet there. So there's enough room for some landscaping up against the, uh, the building, uh, up, up against the, the garage. Um, all right. The, um, the staff report uh, talks about an anomaly uh, to Old Town. And if you look at uh, North Schaefer Street, um, there's already a garage there. And by locating this garage there, it would be consistent with that particular garage. But I took a, a driving tour around the first three blocks to the north of Chapman and three blocks to the south of Chapman. And almost every corner has um, garages that are off the street with uh, that you would call uh, forward located garages. Of course, those are on corner lots. So um, if, if we just discarded all of those because all corner lots are basically um, uh, lo uh, laid out on the site that way. Um, but I counted over 20 uh, in, inward lots that had uh, forward located garages. Now I'd say a majority, if not all, were non-contributing uh, structures. Um, so I, I don't know, uh, anomaly seems to be a term that's being thrown out, but um, the, you'll find these type of garages throughout Old Town. So the, the question is the appropriateness here in this particular location. Again, the reason for it is to create um, usable outdoor space uh, for my client um, on at, at the rear as well as um, 
improving the ability for them to be able to get two cars in their garage and have a place to put uh, their, their storage. So um, with that, I'll conclude, um, but I'm available for any questions that you might have. Okay. So there's currently an approval to build a bigger garage. Why, why is that design not acceptable? Ryan, would you like? Hello. Hi. You'll just um, need to state your name for the record. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Malloy. Go, go right ahead. Okay. Um, if memory serves, I believe that the garage, we, we uh, requested approval for um, the work we did to the house itself and the garage at the same time. And the garage proposal was not approved, or the garage portion. So we, we just put that to the side <laughs> for a later date, uh, if uh, memory served. <laughs> serves. I thought there was discussion that the Planning Commission approved uh, Gable and... Staff question, I think. Yeah, approved thank you. Um, okay. Maybe staff could address yeah, we can, that. We can I, let I staff follow this, up with that. I think in the staff report it stated there was... Um, it was the difference between the flat roof that the previous DRC uh, decision uh, recommended to Planning Commission. Planning Commission decided to approve the garage with the Gable end. Is the, is, did I hear that correctly? Um, thank you for the question, committee member. Um, so I have the um, resolution number PC02-17. And um, in this um, resolution, um, it, it was a resolution of the Planning Commission of the City of Orange approving conditional use permit number 3022-16 and design review number 4849-16 to construct a 624 square foot second story addition to a single family residence and create a gable roof on an existing flat roof garage on a property located at 159 North Schaefer Street in the Old Town District. So the, um, this was the resolution that was um, passed by the Planning Commission. Um, they were in support of the gable roof at the time. Okay, so it was approved. Oh. And I think it was to put it on the existing garage. Did you see yes. it that way? It was. It was to put the gable roof on the existing garage. Okay. And, and just for clarification, you've provided us with a rendering of that approved proposal at that time, right? Yes, the rendering. Proposed that... proposal. I, yes. I hope you're with me on that. <laughs> yes. So let me circle back then, if I may. Um, you had an approval to build a garage that you wanted to build, but you chose not to. Could you talk more about why that Again, my, my recollection was that the uh, garage proposal was not approved. So um, it's been a few years now. Okay. But, yeah. All right. Okay. Well, that's your answer. So, um, but also, have it to, wasn't wide enough. That it was the existing garage, which was only 17 feet wide. I remember this discussion. That that, okay. that was probably it because we we need more width in there, and so we must have just yeah. decided not to go forward with that in hopes okay. we could. Return to the subject, which is what's happening now. Okay. <laughs> and then my Other. second question is, um, so in this view, we see a, a garage door with 
um, it looks like panels. Um, is that conceptual or is that actually what you're proposing as the design? Let's, uh, um, it is going to be a sectional wood door with uh, panels. Uh, it's like a shaker style door. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. That's all I had. Okay. Any other questions for the applicant? Go right ahead, please. There we go. Um, the side door on the right-hand side, you say it says three foot clear. Um, the elevation you have there, um, the door is going to be less than three feet. You have posts on each side. I'm going to assume four by four. Um, so you're you're okay with the door that's uh, 27 plus or minus. Oh well, yeah. There's there's three feet between the property line and the garage, so yes, that that gate will end up being uh, narrower than that. So it's probably going to be like a thirty inch gate. Okay. Um, there's no call out or mention of what type of wall is going to be between and uh, the right hand side of that door all the way to the uh, neighbor's garage. Do you have? Can you share with us what kind of wall you're going to have there or, or fence? Well, right now, there's a there's an existing garage that's right there. Mm -hmm. So, um, let's see here. Let me open up the plan. Oh, I see the gate. The gate's further back. I thought it was in the corner there. I misread the drawing. Yeah, so the gate is set back from the uh, corner of the existing garage. Uh, so you're not going to put a, a fence. Yeah. Got it. So okay. there's an existing fence that's there right now um, mm -hmm. up against that existing garage. And um, we hadn't proposed to modify that fence. Got it. I misread the drawing. Thank you. Okay. Anything else for the applicant at this point? Okay. Thank you. If you'll have a seat. Um, I do have a few speaker cards. So each of the speakers will be allowed three minutes. Looks like I have another card coming, so I'll make final call for cards at this time. Um, each of the speakers will be given three minutes. Um, please come to the podium and uh, provide your name for the record. Um, up first is Mark Wallace, and behind Mr. Wallace is Diana Zdenek. Good evening. Uh, my name is Mark Wallace. Uh, I live at 667 South Grand Street. I'm a director of, newly elected director of Old Town Preservation Association. Uh, I oppose the approval of this project. I believe that uh, this type of a forward located garage really is anomalous to what we find in Old Town. And I think that that problem is compounded by the fact that the garage is being moved closer to the street than where it's currently situated. Um, and uh, for, those, for those particular reasons, I op oppose the approval of this project. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, on deck is Sue Vores. And then behind her is Robert Boyce. Good evening, Diana's Denick. I believe that the FAR in this property is already 
typical FAR for our district is 0.15 and 0.25. So this property is already overdeveloped as is, and now they're gonna increase the square footage, even if only by 108 square feet, uh, but then also bring it 12 feet closer to the street. With the current garage, at least the pergola in the front somewhat hides the garage. By removing the pergola and adding the pitched roof and moving it closer to the street, you now make this a prominent feature on the property and basically almost hide the um, home. I think this is going in the wrong direction. With state legislation, the community has less say over development, filling up the backyards with development. It seems we may be headed down a dangerous path to accept findings that garages placed close to the street in front of homes would not have negative impacts to the historic districts. If the same approach was applied throughout, applied throughout Old Town, it certainly would change our streetscape and negatively impact the district. We should be very careful of the precedent that we may be setting here. I do not support this plan as currently proposed. I don't believe it fits historic design standards, and I urge you to oppose this as is. Thank you. Thank you. Again, up next is Sue Vores, and behind her is Rob Boyce. Sue Vores, 251 North Cambridge. I'm opposed to this garage being demolished and replaced with a larger structure that will be closer to the street. Changing the existing 42-foot setback to a 30-foot setback will make the new structure very visible. Also, this larger structure will block the view of the front of the home, and it may make it appear as though there are two homes crammed on this lot. It will also dominate the smaller one-car garage next door. And according to your report, the typical FAR in this block is 0.15 and 0.25. The current garage has, a, has an FAR of 0.56, and this new structure is bigger. And I have concern about an outside shower. Will this drain into the sewer, or is this something that drains contaminated water into the ground. And while this property is a non-contributor, these changes would impact the historic nature of the neighborhood as well. Thank you. Up next is Rob Boyce, and behind him is Tim McCormick. Chairman and uh, committee, uh, my name is Robert Boyce. I live at 143 North Pine Street, Orange, California, current president of Old Town Preservation Association. I'd like to address two issues. One is the uh, calculations by staff and the concept of the FARs, uh, especially as it applies to the already very large uh, primary structure on the property. And I'd like to have the committee revisit those numbers and uh, reconsider them. Secondly, in addition to the, uh, uh, the uh, State of, uh, Secretary of State Interior standards. Um, City of Orange uh, adopted years ago a uh, floor area ratio, oh, not floor area ratio, but a, um, a residential combining district program. And basically the concept was that it looked, as the staff has, looked at the entire block. It looked at all of the, the rhythm of the street. It uh, looked at the, uh, the setbacks. It looked at the uh, heights of the buildings and so on and so forth. And I think whether that is still in force or not, the concept is still very good in that we need to look at these projects not as a singular project, but as how it relates to the rest of the neighborhood and maintain that, uh, that rhythm and that uh, pattern of the historic district. Uh, thank you. 
And the last speaker I have on my list, Mr. McCormick. Mm. Greetings, Chair and the Design Review Committee. Once again, good to see you. Um, I would like to con conclude that I concur with the previous speakers on the FARs and all that, that was spoken there. One of the biggest things that I think that needs to be thought about in this situation are the two words that are probably going to be prevalent, prevalent in the future is precedence and cumulative effect. So those are going to weigh highly on decisions coming forth from this. Um, I would like to remind you or, and also the audience that I was the fifth person on this design review committee. I would complete that there are all now five of the design review committee members who reviewed this in 2016 and in 2019. At both times, the first to 16th was um, actually, I think both of them were continued with a recommendation to do a flat roof. And I think that was consistent in both that I voted on, that the gable and having the old town, the fabric of what was there and have, because it is an anomaly to have a garage in the front, um, that this would retain a historical nature of the, of the project in the neighborhood. So I believe that if, if the applicant follows the previous two submittals to the design review committee, then that would probably be in their best interest at this point. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so we've heard from the applicant, we've heard from the public. Are there questions for staff before we go into discussion? I believe the words that our staff member used were carefully considered, and I think we're probably going to go there. So um, are you ready sure. to start? Certainly. Interested to hear what you have to say. Um. I'll speak first about the architectural design um, and um, be very brief by saying I don't have any problem with it. I, I think it's okay. I think that um, architecturally um, it, it passes muster. It has enough differentiation from what was once the historic uh, primary residence. Um, and I'll move on next to the site plan. Um, I agree with the staff report that moving, uh, placing a new garage any closer to the street is a complete non-starter. Um, it does not conform with the historic pattern of development. Um, and looking at the Sanborn maps that are attached to the staff report, we can see that the house started out at the back of the lot, but was next to a garage at the back of the lot. Um, and it's been revised over a number of years to enlarge that home, take up the whole width of the lot nearly um, on the back of, end of the property and place the garage in the front. Um, the, um, the historic pattern of development and keeping the rhythm and character of um, what was in Old Town historically are the two major thrusts of the historic design standards. And 
as to whether this is an anomaly, this is an anomaly to what was there in the historic pattern of development. The reason that we have um, a prohibition in the design standards against moving garages closer to the street is to correct all of those that were done uh, over the years before we had design standards. Um, so it really is not a valid basis of comparison to say, well, somebody did that wrong also, and somebody did that wrong, so we should be able to do this wrong also. Um, as to the size of the garage, um, I, I feel that the property is already overdeveloped. If we look at the size of the primary structure today, it's about three times larger than what was typically found in Old Town during the historic period. Maybe three and a half times, depending on what the actual average was. Um, so the house has made, been made bigger. Now we want the patio to be bigger. We want the garage to be bigger. We want to have storage in the garage. We want to have a bathroom in the garage. And uh, I can't support exacerbating what's already um, one of the largest homes in all, the whole entire historic district, um, making a garage that is so large it's not, um, was anywhere near what was done during the historic period. Yes, we all want to have modern conveniences, but when we own property in the district, we trade that for other kinds of things that we might find in a more modern, post-World War II style of development, which is big garages in the front, having more of the yard um, uh, for yard space. Um, the floor area ratio, uh, sort of a measure of density on what's already there is 0.56, and it's been mentioned typically the historic pattern of development was between 0.15 to 0.25, which means 15 to 25 percent of the lot, more or less, was covered, and the rest of it was open. Now we've got a property that already is more than half of the square footage of the lot covered with buildings, and so I could not support making the garage any larger. Um, The Secretary of Interior standards, which we're required to find projects in conformance with in order to approve them, says that the um, new construction needs to be similar in size, et cetera, to the historic um, uh, pattern of development. And this certainly is not that. It's anything but that. And not only uh, is the garage being asked to be expanded, but the driveway would also be expanded to something like we see in a post-war um, suburban development, um, which is um, not in conformance with what is, is, was typically found and the, and the um, pattern that we're striving for to achieve with the historic design standards. So the, the property has already been um, 
so heavily altered that it's no longer a contributing um, structure with historic significance to the neighborhood, but it still is part of the neighborhood and it still is part of the district. And so the property owners are required to conform with the design standards. Um, I, I find that, that moving the garage and making it bigger just exacerbates all of the things that have been done wrong um, on this property um, in the past. Yep. Thank you. I think you articulated the um, a lot of the concerns that I have very well. Thank you. I, so I, I, I concur with quite a bit of that. Um, I did want to just make the comment to the owner that um, part of the reason the house was allowed to get as big as I, it is is because it is set so far back on the lot. So you've actually gotten the benefit of one of the mitigating factors for increased FAR was that it's not looming over the street, like some people propose. So it actually, um, some of the square footage is upstairs, like within a roof line. So that is also a mitigating factor for how the, how the um, FAR is perceived on the lot. And those are all parts of the consideration that were taken when these projects were approved like the previous time with that second story addition. Last time was, I think, completely within the roof line of what was already there. So it, that was a mitigating factor. So so <clears throat> it's not just raw FAR that we have to look at. Um, when some of it's on the second floor, so it's not like half the lot is literally covered. It's not 0.56 of the lot is covered because some of that density is actually on the second floor. So it's, it's probably a little under half the lot, still a lot. Um, so I just wanted to say that that was part of that process and I think this is working against that by by moving this forward in perspective it's got more mass than it does when it's pushed back at 42 feet back with flat roof it has very little mass to it pulling it forward 12 feet putting a pitched roof on it you know it's giving it just even more prominence and one of the reasoning I recall the reasons pretty well when we were looking at this um, and we were all in favor of the, not, I, don't, I can't speak for all of us, but what came out of this committee and what went recommended to Planning Commission was to stay with a flat roof was partly because of that mass and density, that feeling, but also um, that it didn't block the view of the house as much. So now going with a wider structure with a taller um, plate lines, I mean, everything is gonna be wider and taller than what you've got. So I think this is modestly done to, be, to make it so that it's actually a usable garage for two cars. It has a low pitched roof on it um, that's modest. So I think um, it will have a, definitely more blockage and more impact because it's also moved over three feet off the property line. Um, <clears throat> and even though that's not required because I think the zero setback would apply to an accessory structure mm -hmm. in there. So um, I'm not sure that only having landscaping is the only motivation to, to make that move, but that's a future speculation. Um, I, but, but by moving it and making it wider, it's just more blockage of, of the house. But granted, we have a brick wall that's going across and blocking views of the house um, as it is. Um, 
I think it's a reasonable uh, request to, to say that we could approve, I could approve this project with the 42 foot setback maintained. The issue with the extra space for the bathroom and the storage room, I'm not objecting to. I have issues with the city's restriction on bathrooms and accessory structures, and I just wish that it was more um, equitably applied, <laughs> quite frankly, because I feel like it's somewhat arbitrary who gets to do it and who doesn't. But in, but so I'm actually okay with the bathroom. Um, and um, um, oh, I was gonna comment also on the fact that with this only adding 43 more square feet on an 8,000 square foot lot, it didn't even tick the FAR up because you'd have to add 87 square feet in order to tick it up by one percentage point. So somebody made a comment like, I don't know why those numbers were the same. Um, so so that, that's, I don't think, significant enough to me to be an issue. Um, there, there was one thing about the trellis that I wanted to speak out, the existing trellis. We talked about this during the original request for the revision to that garage. And I, I felt at the time that the trellis did help to conceal the effect of having the garage there. It really, you almost miss the garage the way it is now when you drive by. And I think it's mostly because of that trellis. And um, I would not object to keeping a trellis out there uh, as well to just, I think it would be an aesthetic improvement. Thank you. I'm going to keep moving across the dais if you're ready. Yes, yes. Um, the, the, the first thing I just wanted to clarify is that this, this um, was not approved. This, uh, no, she says it was. It, no, it was not. This was, I mean, no, this was the second one. The first one was approved that was just, this is the, this is, there have been three. <laughs> I've been here for all three of these. Uh, because look at the architect. This is the second architect. The first, the first one that was approved was the John Califf um, project. And all that that was was to change the roof. It did not reconstruct the, the garage. It did not move the garage. It did not enlarge the garage. It just changed the roof from flat to pitched and the planning commission approved that. This one was continued um, uh, because it was it wanted to move it forward and it was too large and it had other issues. I just wanted to make sure that continued we're continued by this body. By this body. And it did not and it did not go yeah. further. Okay. So I just wanted to be clear about that. This is the second architect and now we have our third architect and then third plan here. So to start off, I would like to say that I, I agree with many of the things that most of what has been said, and I do agree with the staff report, the main point being the, um, the location, the location of, of the garage. Uh, and there are a few, other, a few other things about the project. Um, so speaking about an, an anomaly and existing um, existing anomalies. It's one thing when it's something that's been existing in the historic district for many years. It's another thing to build a new anomaly, um, a new, to construct a, a deviation fresh when we know better. Uh, and so 
I can't, I can't support making more, making an anomaly more of a deviation, um, just in, in principle with that. And the fact is, this is an accessory structure. It should not have any prominence because it's an accessory structure. That's, that's the hierarchy of, of how the site plan should work. Also, with many of the, we, there are a lot of problem garages in, in Old Town, and many people deal with them in, in different ways. But a lot of people that need to get a little bit more room in their garage do get only the room that they absolutely need to fit the vehicle that they have in that garage and keep it as much as it exists as possible. They go to great pains to only add what is absolutely necessary because it's Old Town and this impacts the historic district. So we're looking at a site a lot that is much more generous than its neighbors, a house that is substantially larger than its neighbors, a very large yard, beautiful trees. A lot can be done uh, with this property with landscaping to achieve some of the goals. Um, it seems to, I cannot support the project as, as submitted. However, I could be, um, I could be convinced that in order to get enough room in this garage, in the existing garage, the, is, I believe I read that the existing width of the garage is 17 and a half feet. You only need two and a half more feet if the north wall were moved out two and a half feet and you kept the zero lot line, you kept the garage as it exists and just alter it, you could fit your vehicles in it. You could put a, you could put a gable roof on it. You would even have room to put in your toilet and your plumbing fixtures. You couldn't have as much storage if you devoted some of it to the barbecue, but you could get a little bit more uh, a little bit more pavement, hardly any, but slightly. I mean, some of this could be done on a much smaller scale, and still you could have something that doesn't leak, something that has the width. You could squeeze in a barbecue and a little bit of storage, not as generous amount of storage, and not make much of, a, of an impact at all, which is, I think, what we're looking for. What is the smallest impact and still achieve what, what you need to park your cars? Another thing that I'm looking at is the large expanse of pavement that's being proposed. That's really not necessary. Um, it's convenient, but we're not, we don't want to see a parking lot in front of, in front of these old houses. That it could be, it can be managed with just increasing the pavement right at, right um, in front of the, in front of the door under the trellis. And it would be a lot, a lot uh, more minimal. I, I, I think that there can be a project here that meets the needs of the, of the applicant and doesn't have a negative impact um, on the historic district. But th it's, it's not, it's not what's, what's shown here, in my opinion. Thank you. Thank you. Go right ahead. Thank you. Um, I'm on the fence. I think I support a lot of the statements made tonight. One of the things I'm looking at is the new gate locations. By moving the existing gate to the corner and adding another gate to the corner and their double swings, you end up with a lot of gates at the corner. 
at the view in the center photo. And um, that just looks too commercial for a residential area, in my opinion. Um, I think I would support the garage if it stayed at the same setback that's currently at, at 42. The other statement I like to say, the drain, and typical when you have an exterior um, shower, you would add a drain. And that drain needs to be, uh, by code, attached to the sewer. Um, typ typically, a drain cannot be open to the sky. It looks like it's right. It, if there was a drain proposed, it would be underneath the roof, Eve. So it's just something to consider, and I'm wondering why that wasn't flagged. Again, I'm on the fence. I'd be okay with the project if the garage was stayed at the existing 42. Uh, interesting uh, statement you mentioned where the driveway being wider, you're correct. And I noticed that the, the apron will also have to be increased. And the, typically that's not, uh, that parkway is city property. So I'm not sure if, if that pertains to this approval. Um, so that's, those are my statements. Thank you. Great, thank you. Um, I have some comments to make most of them. We've talked about a number of um, aspects of how the project re relates to the Old Town design standards, and I want to contribute a little bit more in terms of the Secretary of Interior standards. But before that, I wanted to um, share a couple thoughts. Um, first, there's been a lot of discussion, and there's from from both the audience as well as from the, the committee about the existence of other garages um, that may be an anomaly or, or whatever we want to call it. Um, but there was, there was a lot of discussion the last time that we updated our design standards, and this is something I spoke on not too long ago, was that we were very careful that we were not going to have non-historic development as the ben used as the benchmark for more non-historic development, um, that that wasn't the, the end goal. Um, and it sounds like that's being used for a lot of justification on this project. And so I just want to make that clear that that approach in and of itself is not consistent at all with the, with the Old Town design standards. Um, there's been less discussion of it this time as there was last time, but I want to also point out um, the conversation that we've had about predominantly garages in Old Town are front-facing gable structures. That would be the predominant form, but there are many, many flat-roof garages in Old Town. Um, now, while most of those are with Spanish Revival-type um, homes that already have a parapet and a flat roof, there are many, and I had spent 10 minutes on Google looking, there are a number of craftsman-style homes, a number of, of homes, even some Spanish-style homes, that have wooden frame garages with wooden siding, horizontal siding with flat roofs. Um, so while it may not be predominant, I would say that it's prevalent. So I, I think that each time this has come in front of us, there's been an opinion that this flat roof garage is really out of place in Old Town. Um, it is out of place in front of the house, but I don't think that a flat roof garage um, is outside of the vocabulary of our period of significance and that um, we shouldn't automatically discount that it, it, because in this case, as we've said, it, it helps the structure um, kind of settle into the site 
while it gives view to the house. So although that's not the only type of garage that I would approve, I don't want that discounted as though it's something inappropriate. There's also been a lot of discussion of the FAR on this property. Um, there's also been discussion of, you know, FAR and what's the magic number. There, there's no magic number. It's kind of one of those things you know it when you see it, right? But um, I always say not all FAR is created equal. This home has tremendous FAR, as we've already discussed, but because it's a largely a one-and-a-half-story, at least to the street, um, appearance, that FAR is dealt with better and, as has been said, is mitigated better. Um, but to put this into context, um, I went back and, um, again, spent a few minutes looking at what are the larger historic homes that we have in Old Town and where do they come in with their FAR. Probably the largest historic house we have remaining, the Pixley House at North Olive in Palmyra, comes in at 0.25. The Culver House comes in at 0 0.20. The Doman residence just up the street at the corner from this house is 0.21. Both the Doman and the Pixley House also have accessory dwelling units. Um, the um, I'm sorry, the Culver House and the, and the Doman House have um, accessory dwelling units at that FAR. And lastly, the Edwards House, which I have some familiarity with, uh, is slightly higher at 0.29, but it's also worth mentioning that almost a third of that property was sold off in the early years, that it was originally developed on a larger parcel that would have had a much lower FAR, as opposed to this property, which has actually grown since it was initially developed. So we have an expanded lot with still an FAR that is almost double of any of the largest historic, surviving historic homes that we have in Old Town. So I think, as you see there, the lot line in those days continued on, um, but now has been set back. So um, the FAR, that is no longer the existing lot. Um, so the, the, the FAR number that we're talking about is on a lot even larger than what was originally developed. So I just wanted to put that into context. Mm -hmm. To bring the, I largely agree with the comments that have been made by the others, um, but I want to come back to the Secretary of Interior standards. There was, um, I thought, some very good discussion in the staff report on that. Particularly, I want to talk about one and nine. First, that a proper property will be used as it was historically or given new use that requires minimal change to its distinctive materials, features, spaces, and spatial relationships. As well as number nine, new additions, exterior alterations, or related new construction will not destroy historic materials, more importantly in this case, features and spatial relationships that characterize the property. The new work will be differentiated from the old. It will be compatible with the historic materials, features, size, scale, and proportion, and massing to protect the integrity of the property and its environment. We've already discussed that this is a non-contributing residence. So the application of those standards is a little bit different, but the staff report does point out that it applies the Secretary of Interior standards district-wide, which is important particularly with CEQA, because when it comes to CEQA, the district is the resource. Mm -hmm. And that any impact within the resource can potentially impact the remainder of the resource. So as I go through the comments that I want to make, I'm looking at these of the greater resource, the historic district. First, I think the features 
which are mentioned in both of those standards relevant to the scope of this project is the garage. We have an atypical setback garage from the street currently. It's situated directly in front of the home and obscures view of the primary building. A trellis pergola-like structure fronts that garage. A masonry privacy wall, which also obscures much of the property. And then a driveway apron, apron which is right now a narrow standard, really in Old Town, drive apron accessing a wide paved driveway within the front setback. The proposed changes decrease the front setback and increase the height of the building. It also includes a panel sectional door, which I think most of us would agree is not really in keeping with traditional Old Town architecture. Uh, the pergola is also removed, which has been commented goes quite a ways actually at obscuring this anomaly of the garage being in front of the house. The masonry privacy wall is decreased, however, it's only decreased to accommodate a wider garage, which will block, again, the view of the primary structure even more. The driveway and the apron are both widened, um, increasing the amount of pavement in the front setback nearly to 50% of the front setback, um, which clearly is not something that we typically find in Old Town. So what does this result? Um, the character of the raised panel sectional door is inconsistent with those used hist historically in Old Town. Even the two-car garage door um, is not um, looking much to uh, a historic two-car garage. There are some, but usually it would, would not have been a two-car door like this. The decreased setback Increased height and emission of the trellis element will increase the prominence of the non-conforming nature of the accessory structure and diminish the prominence of the primary structure. The increased width and height will diminish visibly, the visibility of the primary building. The proposed paving will occupy nearly half of the front setback. This along with the widened drive apron, which will be inconsistent with the predominant pat patterns found in Old Town. In a number of ways, the proposed project increases the existing nonconformities of the property as it negatively impacts the features, spaces, and spatial relationships that currently exist. More importantly, the proposed changes are inconsistent and contrary to those which are predominant throughout Old Town and contribute to its historic significance. As such, I would not be able to support the project because I can't make the finding going back to those Secretary of Interior standards that I already mentioned. The committee has discussed a lot of options that I think the applicant could take here. Um, more often than not, when there is a larger garage in Old Town and it's at the rear of the site, there isn't a double driveway leading to it, either driveway or apron for that matter. It's a narrow drive that then widens at the garage. That's not possible because this is so close to the street. Uh, if this were moved back, and it would address many of these issues we're talking about, that could be done. Um, I understand that the applicant wants to make the garage wider to um, fit um, two cars into it. I think that's a reasonable situation, especially when this is already a non-contributing garage. However, moving it closer to the street, again, just re-emphasizes this non-conforming 
um, situation. As was said earlier, if the garage were just widened, and I don't necessarily mean this building widened, if the proposed was just slightly widened from what it is now, that could be accommodated with very little change. If the pergola were retained, that would also help um, to diminish that bulk and mass. Um, but when we add it all up, I think there are so many things telling us that this proposal is going in the wrong direction. Um, it is not being sensitive to the design standards. It's not being sensitive to the surrounding um, historic development. And so I, will, I too will not be able to support this as it is. I agree, I think there is a project here, but I think it needs to be a project. For me to approve it, it will need to be a project that, that really starts from the onset to try to respond to um, the concepts and prescriptive aspects that are outlined in our various design standards. So um, the tea leaves I'm reading is that we probably won't move forward with as proposed. If anyone would, if there's more discussion, we can, we can do that. But if someone would like to make a motion to move forward as is, you're welcome to do that, of course, too. No, I wanted to check with the, my colleagues to see if moving it, if doing what staff is recommending would lead to a vote of approval, which is moving the structure as designed back to the 42-foot setback. And Chair and members of the committee, I would also point out that in the staff report, uh, there are conditions in there, and the very first condition, am I right, Ani, says for approval, number yeah. one, the proposed garage shall be set back 42 feet from the yeah. front right. property line. Yeah. Okay, so. That's what we're referring right. to. So. Yeah, but I, I think what you're asking, is, is that enough to get it to the finish I'm line? just checking, yeah. yeah. And I'm gonna have to say no. Um, I'm not opposed to having a, a restroom in the garage, a bathroom in the garage, but this is also a very generous bathroom. Mm -hmm. um, again, I think if the intent from the get-go with this to, was to create as minimal change as possible, um, generosity is not the way to start that, start, that's not the path to start down. So well, I was I, just on a house that is so far over the FAR, you know, norm, I think I have to see something right. no, that I, really I, comes I, forward. I, I hear that. where you're coming from. So the answer would be no. That from I, you, yes. yes. So I was just curious for my colleagues if that would be a motion that, um, I mean, I could actually make that as a motion and just see sure. how the vote comes. Well, if you like. I, I would just like yeah. to offer that I also, I, I think this should be at the zero lot line. I, I think that it should be on the, yes. I, I don't think it should be moved. Why right, right, push right. it further? You know, you're already increasing the size of it. No, no, I haven't heard the argument. So I'm that, just trying to get where. So I think you got so, two that answered your question. Right. Anyone and, else? And I also sure. have a pavement problem. So, okay. right. So we could maybe even put more conditions on it for sure. Okay. But I was just wondering if there would have been a majority to approve the project as staff conditioned it. So that's what I'm just trying to gauge. Well, the answer is no. Okay. Okay, well, that answers. Okay, so we don't have a majority. I don't know what my answer had been yes, but okay. that is the problem. All right, so so with additional conditions um, of moving it to the zero pro property line, and then 
possibly addressing something about the doors or the pergola on the front or, or something like that, would that gain a vote? Oh. Um, if it were to retain this general building form and be positioned on the lot line, you'd have the eaves overhanging the lot line, and I don't know that that Right, they would, would have fly. to, we have a six foot, of a six inch setback on the existing right. structure. And so I don't think the current design works on the property line, although I do support yeah. that the position remain right. on the right. property right. line. So so eaves would need to be cut back, plus you also can't drain onto adjacent property, so right. a gutter would have to also be within that six inch, so it would really end up being a tight eave with a gutter on it. Or a parapet, like most of the flat or roofs not do it. Okay, so that's what I'm, all right, so. And it is possible to make flat roofs that don't leak. Right. So, so it's not inherent in the design of a flat roof that there's leakage. Um, oh, correct, but, no, but you have to drain there. it, and you would just have to drain yes. it away from the property line yes. and all that. Okay, so I'm just, just trying to, like, gauge if there is a way to condition this into approval, and by moving it merely to the property line, it requires some design changes that I think we'd have to see. I think so. Okay. I think so. Are, are, is everyone in, do we have an agreement on a gable roof versus, on the gable roof? Because that's something that the applicant wants storage. I think before we the go there, in the, the, attic. The, the, the testing that's being done over here, I think makes sense. The question is, is do, does the committee believe that what they're wanting to see can we condition ourselves to an approval tonight? That I think is that's really what it comes like, down to. I don't think we can condition in flat roofs and right, right. Um, smaller footprint and all that stuff. I think we'd have to see it. I agree. And if so, I was just testing it. Doesn't I'm not sure that we have would have an approval of a conditioned repositioning of this building. Right. right. Okay. And so that's two of us that have agreed. Does someone else? I, I have an idea about um, the design that could work on the property line, which is to not have eaves. Because I'd hate to see one side of the eave, one side of the building have a standard size eave and the other be sort of cut off. So there are designs within the historic district of historic buildings that don't have an eave overhang. Um, and since we're differentiating new construction from the primary structure, um, that could be a workable solution, but I don't know if my colleagues would need to see that design first or... Yeah, I would need to see that. I, I, need, it's not I would as well, and I would anticipate if that's... I don't want to say necessarily the direction that this committee would like to see, but an option that we might consider is that it probably will have to get a little bit higher because in order to accommodate these vehicles in a garage that's flat roofed, it probably will need to be, I mean, they could do it now if that was the case. So. Um, oh, yeah, it would be higher than the existing. Exactly, structure. higher than the yeah, existing, yeah, yeah. yes. Would, I'm sorry, thank you for be. clarifying that. So I think there are enough design changes that I would need to see it back. And it, quite frankly, right. I, I mean, that's And, and a, a zero eve has a another effect in that it takes away a shadow line and shadow lines actually help bring down the height of the structure. So without the shadow so, line, it will appear 
to be a taller structure, even if it isn't. Right. So that it's one of the things that that I don't know if other architects in the room would agree with me, but that the eaves yeah. the eaves help to bring down the massing. So, but, so I'm I, at this point. I think I'm going to take this back. That it sounds to me that the committee would need to see. Mm -hmm. Revisions that are substantial enough that they would need to come back for review and consideration. Maybe that's part of the careful consideration I mentioned earlier. So um, to the applicant, it appears to me that we are um, headed toward a continuance on this project to give an opportunity to get this project in conformance with um, the ideas that are being shared here. and. You know, going back to some of the earlier conversation, this is not the first time these ideas have been shared from this dais. So um, is, is, is that an option that you'd like to have? some comments well I I don't want to debate the discussion right now that's fine um, there was an opportunity present public commented we've all commented I think if we've said said something that is factually incorrect that you'd like to straighten the record out on I'm more than happy to listen to that but I don't think now is the time for debate if that's where you were headed um, I, I, I do have a question regarding the trellis and, sure and sure it, if I could you know have a chance to at least well I think you, that because it would help me to hear what your comments yeah. I think are. if you're deciding to potentially move toward a continuance then all of those questions make sense correct yeah yeah, yeah. so this information will help me in terms of absolutely my discussion absolutely. with with uh, the client um, if we widen the existing garage the trellis support is in the way of the garage doors, so there would have to be modifications to that trellis. And um, so I, I have a question. Is how important is that trellis uh, to, to maintain? The other comment is on if, if we were to entertain the um, garage having a zero lot line, and a pitch roof, we can't drain onto the existing structure, so we'd have to have it far enough away that we can get drainage off the property line. I don't know if we want to introduce drainage in there, so we'd have to put in gutters yeah. and, and all that. So um, uh, it, it sounds like I'm hearing that a flat roof is a more positively uh, received, maybe, than, than the, the gable roof. Um, there were some questions, I mean, some comments regarding the driveway, and I also would like to talk about that. I think, Chair Imboden, you said that 50% um, of the front setback is now paving, and I, I'm not sure whether that's accurate or not, but um, if, if we were to be able to maintain the existing driveway where it is um, and then have the cars angle into the garage, it sounds like that's more positively uh, 
looked at approach yeah. uh, instead of widening, widening the... Yeah. Just, um, just to be clear, the reference I was making was the new garage plus the walkway results in a front yard that is nearly 50% paved. So I, I think to answer your question about the driveway, I don't know how the others feel. You can respond, and you should respond, so that if they want to come back, um, they have good feedback. I'm not interested in seeing a wider driveway. The garage, there is room on this lot to move the garage back, to use the existing width, which is already large, and get cars in and out of this garage, like the majority of other garages in Old Town. Um, where I'm struggling is making an even wider garage, making an even wider driveway, none of which follows the traditional building patterns in Old Town. So if the pergola is in the way, I think we all understand that it could be altered or what have you. It's not a historic feature. We like the job that it's doing. But if it has to be enlarged to create a larger door close to the street, I think, again, you're going the wrong direction. Um, it's putting more at the street, which is obviously what we're objecting to. And I, would, I would echo your comments, Mr. Chair, and add that I would not support a wider driveway apron either. Okay. Okay. So that's, yep. that, that's helpful to know. Did you have something? Yeah, else? I just wanted to say that the, um, the trellis, when I made the suggestion, I did not assume you would reuse this one because I knew it would be too narrow. But okay. um, I, I thought the idea of a trellis helps to um, hide the structure and make it not feel like a predominant yeah. thing in the neighborhood. So I would be, I, I would look upon a trellis element as favorable. And, um, and your comment about the driveway for myself, I agree that once you move this back to the 42 feet, then you will be able to create like a hammerhead, you know, type driveway where you can widen it at the driveway, at, at the adjacent to the garage and be able to get in. We've done that before too. And I guess the last question, I, is there any possible scenario to where we could move the garage slightly forward up to the, if we were to retain where the existing trellis is, um, it, it sounding like, uh, you know, I, I, I'm hearing what everyone is saying, but I'm just making sure that I'm covering everything so that I can. Right, and there's five of us up here, and right. you, you've right. heard a couple right. people with right. everything. Right. It's but, any closer to the street, yeah. it's a non-starter. For, for me. me as well, 42 feet, you're going to have to maintain. Yeah, yeah. there's, so there's no reason. I, yeah. I think there's, you're adding something. Yes, you've got there. plenty of room to do lots of things, so, you know, don't move it forward. And then uh, one other question. I'm sorry, but... Uh, no, go ahead. Go Jer ahead. Jericho, you, you made a couple of comments, and I'm not sure I, I understood everything. Uh, you said something was not flagged on the staff report, and I just want to make sure that when, oh, if we do apron? come back... No, the, no, the, the, the drain... The, the exterior drain. Which, that's a building oh, code drain, issue, so... so no it, drain it can be resolved through building Planning code. department never flags building code issues, but right. yeah. it is a building the, code the issue. the drain for the... the shower. Oh, okay. Any, any water that touches the body needs to go to sewer. Not <laughs> yeah, so... Just, uh, yeah, we shed away. had that information to the, to the drawings. I, I think that's it. And the drain would have to be underneath the roof, Eve. Right. 
Right. And just the issue was brought up by someone from the community, so I do think it's worth mentioning, um, and I'll try to speak generally about it. Outdoor showers are permitted in the sense that the waistline is not open to the sky to receive rainfall because it is connected and has to be connected to the sewer. So in this particular case right now, as a planning document, it has a exterior shower with a roof over it. Mm -hmm. So how to get that to comply with building code, I think is a yeah, construction a document yeah. issue that yeah. is, is most likely achievable. And could be done with a small world curb, rolled curb. Yeah, it's, it, area, it, it's, so rain yeah, doesn't it's done all the time. Or, or so graded away. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. a construction document yeah. issue. Okay, well I'd like to have a few minutes. Go right ahead. A, a yeah. little bit of a break to talk with my client. Yes. Okay. I think I'll just go ahead and call for a five-minute break That's or that sounds good. somewhere you. in that neighborhood to give Thank them you. an opportunity to do that. Did that. So um, to the applicants, if we could see you real soon. Okay. Yeah, I was just making a statement. I think we've probably gone well over the five minutes at this point. So if we could hear from you, wrap it up and come talk to us soon. Thanks. As I'm speaking with my mic off for the mic. Yes, we'd like to continue this and uh, see if we can work out um, these issues and come forward with a design that you will be uh, much more inclined to approve. Okay. okay. And with your conversation, were there other questions that have come up? I don't think so. Okay. I think we're good. Okay. Okay, great. So... Um, Hearing that from the applicant. Do you want to make a motion? Oh, okay, go ahead here. Wanting to. Mr. Chair, I move to continue. One second, please. I move to continue design review number 5067-22, Malloy Residence, um, to allow the applicant team to revise based on comments given during tonight's review, and if I could pause that motion, do we want a date certain or not? Well, that's what I want to look to staff. Is this a noticed project? Yes. So it's to the advantage at of the- this, At this point, at this point, all of our DRC items are noticed. Okay. So it's to the advantage, largely, of the applicant I say that as the guy that has to make the drawings. Um, if you can pick a date certain, and you know, you could say first meeting, second meeting of the next 12 months, um, however long you think it gives you adequate time to get back to us, and then of course we have to check with staff if they b believe that that fits in. Um, but if you think you can come back to us in 30 days or something like that, I'm, meeting the next meeting is next to impossible because the filing date is probably just a few days from today. Um, 
So otherwise we can continue it to a date uncertain, but then that requires re-noticing the project. Which, which puts additional cost on the applicant. I got it. I, I guess my question would be to staff is how much time they need because um, Ryan's wife, uh, Michelle, is out of town right now. She'll be back next week. And assuming we need maybe two weeks to get information back into staff. Okay. So two weeks so sometimes becomes three weeks. So let's say four weeks um, we would have a um, proposal back to staff. So then working backwards from that, what would staff project in terms of agenda opportunities? I, I would suggest one of the dates in April, so April 5th or uh, 19th. 19th? Or 5th. Okay. Um, and, and if oh, oh, I was I'm just going to say, in the event that you can't make that date, you, we can always still have it on that agenda with a request for continuance, an, an additional continuance, and okay. we can do that. So, um, do you want that earlier date, April fifth, or would you rather do the fifteenth? Uh, April, the, the earlier one would be fine as long as what, what does that mean in terms of the date that we would have to have information to staff? Let's let them. Work that out. What? Five plus 14 is not the 19th. 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 Fifth or 19th. We're going to have to find a way to streamline this part. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I missed. But <laughs> I missed the conversation. No, no, I understand. There's also no. We were. I had uh, said the 15th earlier, and you had told me the 19th. Yes. I stated that incorrectly. So, I, so, with staff having a little better sense of what all you got on the docket, what are you thinking? I think uh, the 19th would be safer, safer and then if there's any back and forth. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. Then. So then, resuming my motion yes. would be to continue to the April 19th meeting. Okay, so we have a motion to continue to April 19th. Do I have a second? I'll second it. Okay, we have a motion and a second. And this again, this is for continuance to April 19th meeting. Please vote. Great, the continuation is unanimously approved. So with that, I will call for adjournment of the meeting to our next uh, meeting, which is February 15th, 2023. Good evening.